with Eileen. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Life and Curly Cues podcast with me, Eileen. Today, we have a very special episode, and I would like to apologize in advance for how long it has been for me to get an episode out. But here we are at last. We have made it through the hiatus. We are back and running strong now. Um, Our guest this episode is the wonderful Maida, who I had the pleasure of meeting through a Zoom call about a couple weeks ago for International Podcasting Day. We were on a little Zoom call with podcasters who I thought was just going to be from San Antonio, but turned out they were podcasters from all over. We had even one podcaster from Canada joining us, Mm -hmm. and it was so much fun. And we were, I'm from the San Antonio podcasters group and Maida was from the Latina podcasters group and we just merged. We did an awesome big collab and we had a lot of fun that right afterwards Maida reached out and she said, we should collab. Let's talk about it because Maida is a financial coach. And so she's going to talk with us today about her adulting experience, along with some ways we can just all do better at our finances and just, you know, make life a little easier for us. And she's going to share her story. And so I'm very excited to have Maida join us for this episode. So Maida, if you would like to introduce yourself, we can get started. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, again, I'm Maida Alejandra Garcia. I am a financial coach. My passion is to help people uh, have get a plan together and become debt-free. Um, I was able to accomplish that a couple years back and I love, uh, being able to, um, inspire others to live that same lifestyle. Yeah. And I just had a thought in my head and I completely forgot about it, but it's going to come back to me here in a second. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there we go. Um, Maida also has a podcast that she does on her website and so it is a podcast where she talks all things money. And you know, that's, that's what we're going to get in. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's called. That's what we're going to get into. And it's a very, I noticed it was like a short podcast. Yes. So it's like super quick to the point and you know, you're getting it done. And I love that about it. It is. It's, it's 10 to 20 minutes max. Um, most of my episodes are under 15 minutes right now. But I do have um, plans to expand to a little more only to make sure that I cover some areas, you know, um, thoroughly. But um, I wanted to keep it short and sweet and straight to the point. I am a mom of two teenagers, so I don't have a whole lot of time sometimes. And when I do, it's like a quick run to the grocery store now because I'm not really traveling the normal 30 miles to work. And so I want to be able to listen to something that, you know, in the car or while I'm washing dishes and um, getting through something and feeling accomplished, like, okay, I got through a podcast episode was kind of my idea for, for my podcast. Yeah, that's a really good flow. And you described it so well, like podcasting, I see it as something that you can have on playing in the background while you're doing work and you're still taking in information that people are sharing you're still listening along to the stories and yeah no matter like what the time limit is it's also it's always great like short commute long commute you've got a podcast to listen to and there you go 
Um, but Maida, let's go ahead and get to the very first topic of this episode. And um, what's the moment where you thought, okay, this is it. I'm an adult now. We're going with it. Like, what was the moment where it hit you? Like, okay, this is adulting. Um, I would say when I had to find my own apartment. Okay. I think that was like, oh, wow, I have to buy hangers and I have to buy like soap and I have to buy like actual dishes. Like I didn't think of all the extra things I would need to buy in order to just live somewhere because like who thinks you have to buy hangers? I I didn't think (laughs) about that. I got to my apartment and I'm like, oh, I don't have anything to hang (laughs) this Mm. with. So. You didn't just was, take any from your home? I, I didn't. <laughs> I had, interestingly, I had a very, I, I lived in, in East LA. I'm originally from East LA. And when I had a very small um, closet in my room. Okay. So a lot of the things that I had were in my drawers and my, you know. And so I was like, you know, I, in this new I had a single, it was not even an apartment with a bedroom. It was just like one big room. So that had a pretty big closet where I was like, oh, well, you know, I'd like to hang things. Cause I had, it was like on both sides. It was like this little hallway and both of the sides had, um, I had closet space. So I was like, oh, that'd be great. But, um, I don't have hangers. (laughs) That's when I was like, dang, like I I gotta go like actually adult here because nobody's gonna help me out (laughs) I see myself going through that struggle once I finally like move out and just get my own place I I see myself being like okay pues I got the hangers from the house I took all my hangers ahora let's go and then I'm gonna realize like I'm gonna need a lot more and then gotta buy the fancy ones to look more adult (laughs) oh yeah 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 I wanted everything to match that was another thing that I was just like oh yeah no I don't want any mismatched stuff (laughs) so what was what were kind of the some of the first like okay you move into you go out get into your first apartment that's kind of it what were some moments you had while you were in those first few months of living in in an apartment for the first time um how was like paying the rent or like how are you dealing with all of those firsts in that way well it was very unconventional so I was a teen mom okay so I had my son when I was 16 I had to I when I had my first apartment I actually moved in with my partner at the time who is now my husband so I everything happened really quickly for me. Okay. So, um, I don't necessarily remember like a whole lot of, I didn't have to do a lot of thinking. I think that whole thing with the, with the hangers and the, it was kind of like, Oh shoot. But other than that, it was pretty much hurry up and grow up because I had, you know, I had a baby coming. Yeah. Yeah, and so, that that's definitely I could see that as like a it's yeah. very different. It's yeah. very different, but um 
I, I wouldn't change it. It was, you know, it was eye-opening. It was not something I would recommend to anyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was also in high school, so I don't, I didn't have to pay the bills. My husband was paying the bills. Okay. So I didn't necessarily have to. So for me, my job at the time was really managing the money he was making because he was the one that had all the debt. I didn't have any debt. I was just in high school. Mm -hmm. So that was what was different. And I didn't know how to manage. He was the one that had the student loans. I did not. Um, He had credit card debt when I met him. I did not. But later on, I mean, of course, I didn't curse them. But um, yeah, I just remember thinking, like, how are we going to survive on this $8 an hour income with a baby? Yeah. Yeah, there's no possible way to do that. I feel like it's still hard to do that, even with somewhat a little over minimum wage. Like, it is rough times out here. And I'm not even anywhere near that. And I'm still struggling over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So would you say that then, so moving out, moving into your first apartment, having that family right away, kind of being thrown into all of it so quickly and having to grow up and mature right then and there, do you think that or or maybe that's kind of how it happened but do you see that as kind of the stepping stone for you to start kind of this financial career that you created yes and no I've always so one of the things that I talk about in my podcast is like my story behind what inspired me to do this so I came from a home where my mother was not good with money and my mother dealt with all the money even though my dad would just give my mommy my mom the money My mom didn't manage it well. And it got to the point where it got really messy because my mom um, would forget to pay like the power bill. And a couple of times we had the power turned off, but it wasn't because my mom didn't have the money. My mom was able to get it back on right away. It was that she was so disorganized, right? So when I had to be on my own, I became like hypersensitive to things like that. Like I was like, this is never going to happen to us. Mm -hmm. Like I will make sure that we have enough to cover all our bills. And I was good about managing the basics, right? We had everything. We never went without. Now I didn't know how to manage the debt. I didn't know how to pay the extra payments, how to make um, all of that possible to become debt free. And so that was when I, when I got with my husband, that was in 2001. So fast forward 10 years or nine years in 2010 is when I learned how to um, budget, how to manage money wisely, how to um, get out of debt. So I followed the Dave Ramsey baby steps. And so we took this class at our church and um That's how I really got inspired to never, ever do what my mom did and not only get out of debt myself, but help others do the same. Okay. So it helped feel and it helped really kind of open your eyes and not just help yourself, but yeah, like do the philanthropy, like, okay, you're realizing how you can do this. Why not kind of show the world the little cheat sheet in a way, in a way. Exactly. No, 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 that's exactly it. And I feel like there's a lot of different strategies on how to do this. And I always tell my clients, like what you're about to see, 
I created. Like nobody showed me how to do this. I just created a system that based on the information I received from Dave Ramsey and from other sources, I was able to put together a strategy that worked for me. And then I can now teach it to others. Mm-hmm. Do you see as far as like the people you reach, is it kind of just a variety of people or do you see like a certain either age group or demographic that um, really need the help of help kind of balancing their finances in that sense? I would say late twenties. So it's like mid twenties. So 25 to 40 is the age range of the people that have reached out to me. Um, The 25 year old range, um, I would say is very much concerned with student loan debt. And those in their thirties are already have the loan debt and are already starting families. And so not only do they have a home and a car payment and all these other added things, um, they're now in what I just call just, it, it's a little harder to work through, but not necessarily impossible. So I say the younger you can start at, you know, getting into a plan of just really knowing where your money is going and really having a plan to tackle whatever you are pursuing. Um, there's nothing wrong with going to school. I think that if you have a plan to pay that off so that you're not carrying that over into your marriage in the future you know that's a great and wise thing to do yeah that makes total sense and yes I am definitely in that 25 age group it's about to be me here in a little bit you know we are how old are you Eileen I'm 24 but I turned 25 like at the end of the year you know Um, it's really interesting I was I was 25 years old when I learned about this baby step stuff Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had never, like you mentioning right now, I have never heard about it that. Really? Before. Yeah, but I'm also not a big reader. Okay. Um, I will try to open a book and then I'll read the like first line or something. And then somehow I reread that line over and over. And then I'm like, I've gone yeah. nowhere in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's super interesting because I feel like sometimes, I mean, that to me is like, okay, Magna, there's space for you. Because I feel like, well, everybody knows about Dave. And I always tell like people around me, like, I mean, yeah, I help and have helped a lot of people, but they could just go to Dave too. He teaches the same thing. And, and hear you say like, you haven't heard of Dave. I'm like, there's space for me too. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> like I'm hearing from you. Like I'm going to go off to the future and be like, I heard this from Maida. I had, I heard that from Maida. So it's like you had your inspiration to kind of figure like that motivated you to do this. And now you essentially are the motivation for people like me or your other clients. And then it's just going to keep going down the line. Um, have you ever had any one of your clients like kind of once they've gotten their figure, their stuff figured out, like also kind of go into this field? Has that ever no, happened? No, I haven't yet. No, I started this three years ago. I have um, Pearl here in Phoenix. She's a nurse and she's one that is almost debt free. So she was one of my very first clients about a year and a half ago that really like, followed it to the T, like was just 
and I feel like that's that really is based on the like the individual like there's not much I can do I can teach you this to do it but like you can teach a you know you can take a horse to water but you can't make a drink right so there's a lot of that where I will coach and coach and coach and coach and they keep you know coming back because it makes sense but it really does take um discipline okay yeah and and that's what's really hard for people to keep up especially if they have a family I think that that's the hardest thing right when you're single and you can get an accountability partner fairly quickly it's easy but when you're having to work through the mess in a marriage sometimes you have one person that wants to do it sometimes you have both but if you don't have both it's a lot more challenging so it really depends on the person but I can think of Pearl right away that I know she is knocking things out and um (laughs) there's quite a few too that are um definitely working but they're fairly new to it so I would give them another couple months to see really I mean I follow up with them and see how they're doing but okay nice um I did have a question that popped up into my head um and it's kind of a general one and I just kind of want to hear your opinion on it because I feel so the way I look at adulting and kind of and in that like growing up mindset it to me it like revolves around money it like what are your thoughts on adulting and how closely related it is to finances and money because I feel it's like adulting getting a like your big big kid job getting your first vehicle but having to like pay for it like what are your thoughts on why is it that money kind of revolves around growing up so to see so to say if that makes any sense or it's just like why does it feel like money is everything in this way well because a lot of people think that money is going to bring happiness and it doesn't necessarily do that and see that's another thing that I am trying to teach my son who's 19 and um you know first year in college and I I tell him I said you know it's Yes, we don't have the biggest house. Yes, we don't have the nicest things. But we have everything we need. And I think that once you start changing your mindset of like, really, do you? Like, I I don't take the little things for granted. Like, I really try to like, it's so weird. And I know this is going to sound super, super crazy. But <laughs> like, I walk into the grocery store and I will walk into like a really, like my grocery store is really pretty. And like, I'll walk in and I'll just look at all their produce and I'm just like, how blessed am I that I can buy whatever fruit I want today? I love that mindset. I love that. I have never stopped to think about that. And that's, that makes so much sense. Because we are. Yeah. Like there's a lot of people out there that don't have that privilege. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That but so true. I, you know, it's like are you happy with who you are regardless of what you make and what your income level is? Mm-hmm. Like we really have to be content and that's the level of um, learning to delay pleasure is one of the things that really um, allows me to see who is mature and who is not. Because it's like, if you want to live in this, Oh, well, 
I deserve it and I work hard and I only live once and YOLO. It's like, <laughs> <My goodness. laughs> right, right. It's like, if you're constantly thinking that and you really do believe it because it's one thing to say it. And then it's another thing to truly feel it to your core and really believe in like YOLO, like I'm going to do whatever the heck I want because yeah. I only live once. Um, then you get caught up in the whole keeping up with the Joneses and having the latest and greatest phone and having the latest and greatest house and whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, do you really need that? That's true. You don't. What you should be focusing on as a 24-year-old <laughs> is probably saving for retirement right now because compound interest is important. And what is that? Let me explain. Yes, please do. The the earlier you start investing, the more money you'll have. Mm -hmm. It's not about how much you save. It's about how early you start saving. Okay. So that should be a focus. That should be something that people in their, you know, that just have their first job or their second job, you know, should start focusing on, even if it's just 5% of your take-home you should be at 15 but if you don't go there like if you can't go there because you financially can't have 15 percent of your income go into retirement or some sort of investment mm-hmm. that's okay start with five and work your way up add one percent every year mm-hmm. but that's where i'm like okay if you're not investing are you planning to buy something that's going to go up in value like a house? Because a car goes down in value. Yeah. And it's great. We all need a car. But you don't need a 2020 car. Mm-hmm. So I think it has a lot to do with your perspective and how content you are with yourself and how comfortable you are to say, no, I really don't need that right now. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And what about, so say like someone is in the situation where they're living, say paycheck to paycheck, but they're having that big, big kid job and they, they are able to do that like retirement plan with their job or anything like that, but they're living paid at paycheck to paycheck. How does that work out in that scenario as far as like them wanting to start save, but they need essentially so much from their paycheck to be able to survive for that month or those two weeks that they get paid or however frequent they would that's, get paid. And that's super valid. I mean, that's happens to almost everybody, right? Mm-hmm. So the best tool that I would say helps you know, try get the, the gap between what you owe and how much comes home is how much are you willing to sacrifice? I mean, really, is 100% of your take-home pay going into your four walls? And the four walls is your housing, which includes your utilities, your clothing, your transportation, so that's your car payment and your gas and food right so food closing transportation and and a house uh, mm-hmm. over a roof over your head so outside of your necessities which are the four walls how much of that are you just blowing 
Like how much is just in pocket money that you just spend whenever you want or on food out because you, I comida en la casa, like there's food at home. Mm-hmm. So like how much of that? And then you really have to look at a budget and get organized and see what the numbers are and really see like, okay, do I really not have money for this retirement or do I need to sacrifice on the designer clothes that I buy because I could go to Ross and get a good deal. Oh my goodness. Ross. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm happy you brought that up. That's like my favorite store to shop at. Right? (laughs) But you can get some nice cute things there. Yes. And And designer things. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So that's what I'm saying. Like, you have to have a different mindset. You have to get organized. You can't do it without organization. You can't just think, oh, yeah, I think I have 5%. No, you don't. You need to plug the numbers and really look and see if you have 5%. Okay. Well, if you need to plug the numbers while you're listening or if you're watching this, hit up Mayra so she can help you plug those numbers, y'all. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. So, that kind of, wow, we went on a tangent there from your story. Um, but thank you for sharing kind of that experience you went through when you kind of first had to get into that adulthood type situation. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Um, it was definitely like, I love, I love that that's my, the theme of my podcast because I hear so many stories and they're all different. Like, I don't think I've had any stories that are all the same, Um, and I feel like you're the first one that's been like, when I moved into apartment, like when I really had to grow up that quickly. And so it's always nice to hear that. Yes, we're all different in the ways we did that, but someone else might be going through, might've gone through that same scenario type of thing. And so it's really nice to just hear and know that you are still trucking along. You're still getting through it. Um, and it's going to be okay. Like you will get through it It's going to be fine. I think that you have to keep a positive mindset. Like you can't just say, oh, poor me. Or, you know, one of the things I would worry about is like, ¿Qué va a decir la gente? like what are people yeah. going to say? Like I was pregnant at 16. I'm a teen mom. I'm a statistic, right? But I was determined that that was not going to stop me. I still graduated high school on time. I still went to college. I still did what I needed to do. Um, I haven't graduated college, but I did, you know, go to college for a while. Yeah, I did. And so I think for me, it's like, I don't knock, like, I'll never go back to school. Like, I think I want to, I think eventually once my kids are grown and gone, I think that's something I still want to do, but I was able to take another route that really is fulfilling and it's become a passion of mine. So I'm going to try to grow this business as much as I can and see if I can make a full-time career from it. Yeah, I applaud you for that. Like, that's amazing. The fact that you went through all of that, you started something not too long ago, and now here you are on this podcast, but no, (laughs) Uh, but you're really showing that you can, if your heart desires, like you can do it, you can be some be someone's mentor you can grow a business um and i applaud you for that that's awesome the fact that you're taking all of your life experiences and turning that into 
this career of yours. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, my next question for you. So we're kind of going to get into the tips and ways that we can, I mean, we've been talking about money already, so we might as well continue it, but tips and ways on specific money saving or travel money saving for like traveling or just life in general, um, scenarios, because something that's very relevant in my life is I do work full time. I do save a portion of my money that I make, um, to my savings so that I can use that for future travel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can use that for emergencies. Like I had a windshield crack the other day on my car and <laughs> savings came through on that one, sadly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but kind of just what are your, what strategies or what tips do you have for someone who wants to save money so ways to save the money, but then to be able to be frugal with that money when traveling or if like life happens and an emergency happens. So I have a couple of strategies that I go over with my clients when I'm looking at their budget of like, for example, I might say, you know, I'm looking here. I see you have a cable bill. You also have Netflix. You also have Hulu. You also have um, Ipsy and you also have BoxyCharm and you've got all these monthly memberships to things that are not a need. So are you willing to cut some of those things? Really? Cause it's a choice. Mm-hmm. Like, do you want to cut some of those things so that you have the ability to save more money? Um, Now, if that's not something they're willing to do because entertainment is important to them and that's totally valid, I think that um, finding other areas to cut um, costs, like making sure you buy, you know, store brand versus, you know, name brand and things like that with food couponing. I mean, I suggest a lot of things when I see a a food bill or a grocery bill that's very high when there's not a whole lot of children involved. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's tons of ways to save money, but the best way is to really put it on a spreadsheet. And, and that's what I have where you can see everything that goes out every month. And then you can really ask yourself, like, could I do half of the things that are on here? And maybe not all. And you, I recommend sinking funds and that's like just a savings account where you're constantly, like you said, you're putting some money away every single paycheck. Um, I think that's, that's what I would call a sinking fund where you're just constantly putting money away consistently every single paycheck or every Mm -hmm. single month. Um, and that's like super wise. I mean, if you're able to consistently do that, that's, um, when it comes to traveling, I think that it's super wise to shop around. Don't go with the first deal. Now, one thing I've noticed with um, airplane tickets, if you're buying your own plane tickets without a travel agent, is that the first time you search is probably going to be the best time for you to buy it. 
because the algorithms have to do with how many people are searching that same flight, that same time, that same time frame, and so on. Um, so I think that don't search for something unless you are ready to buy it is my um, tip for airplane tickets. Now, in regards to hotels, I don't know why. I know I've tried tons of different websites before for hotel rooms. Um, and I'm not being sponsored by this company, but I think Hotels.com has the best hotel rooms. Okay. Um, yeah, that's yeah. how I got my Vegas one. I use, <laughs> yeah, um, that's impressive. Um, for when I went to Canada, I used Expedia. And okay. that's kind of the one I've been using, but that's good to know. Yeah. So hotels.com has been the, the best deal I have found when I'm searching for things. And I've done quite a bit of travel in the last two years. So I search all of them. I mean, I search all the different engines and that's been the best. I think Airbnb is one of the most expensive ways to stay. And that's what it's starting to feel like, really, because yeah. I'm trying to plan my hopefully trip in December and my friend and I we were looking at Airbnbs I'm just like I mean is it worth it because we could totally find a hotel that includes breakfast for probably cheaper but we could also get a place to stay that has a kitchen and just go to Walmart or not HEB because HEB will not be there but (laughs) go to the grocery store and get just a bunch of breakfast items and make our own breakfast right Um, So that's kind of how I have been looking at Airbnb, but it is starting to like show like Airbnb. Yeah, I just think the the fees have gone up in the last couple months. I don't know if it has to do with COVID. I feel like Um, it probably does a little bit. But it's, yeah, it's a little, it's not as affordable as it used to be when it first launched. Um. I forgot what I was going to say, and that happens a lot. Uh, What was it? Hmm. Oh, um, with, okay, so with air travel, um, since you brought that up, so I never would have thought that your first search would be the one kind of where that's the one you should get type of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, porque every time, like as a family, we're traveling, we're always looking at flights like ahead of like months in advance, but then we're like, we're not going to get it. Um, Cause my mom's like, Oh, when we get it last minute, pues, it'll be cheaper and all that. And I'm like, but, and lately I've been like, but what if it's going to get more expensive the longer we wait? And then we really would have missed a great deal. So I never would have thought about it as that type of way where it's you. Well, you should look at things about two months before. Mm-hmm. Not two. You don't want to do things like now for next uh, summer. Oh, no. Um, but you do want to be like four to eight weeks out. when you're searching for something to get the best deal. Um, There is also another website. um, The name escapes me, but there's another website where it tells you if that's the lowest rate it'll It'll ever be. Yeah. I I know. I can't remember the name. The ones that I've seen in the past are like Hopper, um, which is like the app 
on your phone. Yes. And then Sky Scanner is another one I Sky saw. Sky Scanner is the one I was thinking mm-hmm. about. Yes. Because yeah. I follow so, an account that's like Shut Up and Go and it's like a travel group or something. Yeah. And they use Sky Scanner when they're always advertising. Okay. So that's a good option. I know that my friends use that. I've never used that, but I hear a lot of, you should book it. This is the lowest it's going to be. <laughs> but then comes the dilemma. When you're on those types of websites and it is pretty cheap but it's not but it's the flight plan that's going to take you like a whole day to get to literally somewhere you could fly within four hours type of situation and i'm like if that's how they're getting it so cheap come on well maybe because i only search for things that are like non-stop Mm-hmm. I actually do those specific searches to see if there's anything like a direct flight. Yeah. I also have a major airport near me. I'm in Phoenix. So we've got one of the yeah. big hubs here, but um, I try not to do anything with more than one stop. Yeah, that makes sense. I try to as well because layovers are the worst, especially yeah. in the big hub airports. Yeah. <laughs> There's always one instance that always comes to mind and it's, I was, I think it was, I was still in high school and it was like my first time traveling alone to go visit one of my best friends in another state. And I had a layover in Atlanta Ooh. and Atlanta is the worst one to have a layover oh, yeah. in. And I landed, I think in terminal A and my yeah, next night was out of terminal E and I had to get there in 20 minutes and ride the shuttle. And I was were you on like, the train? Yes, I was on the train. I was like, I'm just 16 trying to get all the way across the airport. And I made it right as they were boarding. But that day is forever ingrained in my That's brain. Hard. That's hard. Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. Yes. Um, but those are pretty much I think the only question thank you for sharing those tips um some of those yeah I would have never thought of um and they're very insightful so I'm looking forward to like taking some of that back and looking forward to kind of working with you some more to help figure out my life (laughs) I got you girl (laughs) but I did um kind of going back to earlier when you were talking about school and how you were saying like eventually do you do I still can't talk. I've only been through so many episodes. Eventually you do see yourself like once kind of your kids are older and all that, seeing yourself trying to get back into school or something like that. And that's definitely how I felt when I finished my first year of college. Um, Because I was just like, Oh, I'm done. I can't do any more. I'm drained completely. And then I started looking for jobs and then nothing was coming my way. And then it was only like almost a year after graduating that I finally found my first big girl job, my mm-hmm. first full-time job. And then that shifted my whole career plan um, because okay. I, I graduated with a degree in aquatic biology, hoping to eventually go into marine biology and work with animals and water and all that. And then I got into the education aspect of it all, and I started teaching kids about nature and science and all that stuff. And so it took me a couple of years, three years? Yeah, three years to be like, okay, I think I'm ready to get back into it and actually 
follow something new that'll hopefully lead me into furthering my career path and hopefully what are you focusing on your master's um in natural science and environmental education sorry that i said that really loud just now oh no you're fine (laughs) um yeah but it's a master's in education on natural science and environmental education because i um i eventually want to be kind of an environmental education specialist Um, and so I want to see myself working at like an aquarium because I really do love water (laughs) at an aquarium or some type of nature school um, where I can just teach the little kiddos about being stewards of the environment oh that's so cool yeah (laughs) that's really nice yeah and that's kind of been I think like my mentality when I went to school was kind of I know I'm in a field that's not big on making money. So I think that's where a lot of my thoughts on money kind of came stemmed from as well, because I, the way I saw it was I chose a career that it jobs are kind of hard to get into, but then also a lot of the jobs in this career are very underpaid. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of it is like, you're either working another job on top of that, or you are as I mentioned earlier, like some people do live pay to paycheck to paycheck because they're kind of more doing, I describe it as doing what you love versus doing it for the money type mm-hmm. of situation, mm-hmm. which honestly, that's how you get more passionate about something. That's how you know you like your job. <laughs> so I want to challenge you. Okay. To, I, I want you to connect with people that you know that are in the same field and maybe are like 10 to 20 years older than you are. Okay. That can tell you how they really feel about this career choice that they've made for the last 10 to 20 years. I also want you to look at that you don't need a whole lot of money and you don't need to make six figures to live a good life. So, you know, I don't think that the amount of money that you make really is going to make a huge difference unless you want, you know, like, do you have an income level that you are striving for? No, I don't. I just want to make sure I'm able, which I am now. I want to make sure I'm just able to be able to kind of live off of what I make, no matter what it is that I make. I want to make sure that I am able to pay whatever bills that I have um, or just be able to like, I think I have like a, like a fear for in the future of where you'll earn what am I trying to say? I think there's a fear that there's a possibility that at some point, maybe there will be times where I struggle. And I know like my family will be there for me and all that type of situation as well. But I Mm -hmm. think there's just that fear in the back of your mind that like, what if things go wrong or what if you don't make so much to be able to survive type of thing? Well, where... I think about most people will have a tough emergency happen in a 10 year, 10 year period. 
So if you have a steady emergency fund that you don't touch for anything other than emergencies, you will be fine. So this is not, you know, you mentioned you have your savings account that you use for your travel and stuff. This is not that. This is a separate account that all you do is save three to six months of your expenses in there. Should you have a job loss, you can live off that money for six months. Okay. And this is not six months of your pay. This is six months of what you need to survive. Because when you're in survival mode, you don't spend as much as you Mm -hmm. normally do. And so you need to calculate, you need to know that number that you need to have saved. Should something come up, like your windshield, you don't really think about it. You just go and take care of it. Yeah. So I think it's super wise that you say that your income is not, um, you know, it's not super important. I think that your passion and what you, what really brings you joy should be the focus of your career because the money will come with it. Like you will become the expert in your field and then everybody's going to want you. You know what I mean? So don't worry about it too much. I think that if you continue to have the mindset of, I want to live under my means, like, you know, I don't want to spend more than what I make, you're going to be fine. But you really do have to continue to think that way in order to continue to have that goal. So unless something shifts, I think you're fine. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the affirmations. <laughs> you're good. But I also, I, I feel like that's just kind of like every like young adult's mentality, especially like no, those. It's not. it's not. Okay. It's really not. Good to and know. I'll tell you good why. to know. And I'll tell you why. I think that a lot of people out there, I mean, we're in the middle of COVID, but I think that young, you know, 22 to 25 year olds, a lot of them are out there clubbing and that's expensive. Yes. So I think that's another thing that I think back um, with my family. I didn't get to club a whole lot because I was a young mom, but (laughs) I, when I look at a couple, I've only had like two, yeah, two clients in like in that, you know, age group, right? Mm-hmm. But I see that they club a whole lot. So it's kind of like, well, you know, kind of have to put a limit to that. It's yeah. not that I'm saying that you can't go. I'm just saying you can't be spending like $300 on a weekend. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't know how people do that. Like, I don't have a social life. And I'm just like, why? Why do you do that? Why is that necessary? Or they have the latest car. And that's another thing that's really um, tied up to that time, that age group where they want the latest car. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've had my dealership hit me up ever since like a year after I bought my car, my first car, which I still have to this day. Um, they try to hit me up and be like, you want a new car? You want a new car? I'm like, nope, I'm going to have this until it's completely paid off and it dies on me, which <laughs> I'm reaching that point. I'll have my car completely paid off next, like at the beginning of next summer, of this coming summer. Um, and nice. that's just a big, like life achievement, life achievement, because I had 
that's, and I've described it like in one of my first episodes where the, my car is what I associate with me being an adult as, because I started a job in like July and by October I had saved enough to put a down payment on a car and I put a down payment on the car. Um, I was only 18 at the time, maybe seven, I think I was 18, um, or maybe 17, not sure. But I was at that age and then my dad co-signed it with me since I needed a co-signer. But I've been making the payments every month for that car. Like I've had, I've been able to have a job to help me pay every month for the car. Um, And it's a big payment for someone who was only working like part-time and two jobs in college. But the fact that I've gone all the months and maybe only a few months where my parents like had to help me pay because I was unemployed for a little bit, but it's really big achievement coming up that I'm excited about to be like, I paid off yes. very first car essentially by myself. And it's going to feel great. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> It'll be my first debt paid off. <laughs> Yay. That's good. That's really good. Oh yeah. 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 Um, I think those are all of my questions. You kind of helped answer them and help kind of open my eyes and see more of like what I can do with my personal stuff and help the listeners um, kind of figure out like, oh, does maybe I could try that. Maybe I could try this. Um, so I appreciate all of that. Of course. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome to email me. Anybody in, in your audience is welcome to reach out and um, feel free to ask me any questions. That's- <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Do you have any questions for me before we move on to our mug of questions? I don't. Okay. Well, we have made it to the mug of question portions. Ooh, it's so dusty. That's how long I have not recorded an episode. (laughs) (laughs) We have made it to the mug of questions portion, which I will pull out a random question and then you'll answer it. And then we'll take turns. We'll each do two questions. Okay. And these can be about any and everything. So um, go ahead and Maida, between, pick a number between one and four. Let's do three. Three? Okay. One, two, three. Your question is... What did you say as a kid when you were asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, flight attendant. Really? Yeah. What, like, did you travel a lot when you were younger? And that kind I of did. I would go to Mexico and visit okay. my grandmother. So I actually flew by myself back in the day when there was no unaccompanied yeah like it was like just get on the plane and then when you get there just look for your abuelita (laughs) oh my goodness it's so it's like so weird to think about how traveling by plane has changed because of of course heightened levels of security and all that stuff but it's just so crazy to think about how that's changed but that's so cool (laughs) and I would love it because like the flight attendants would like notice that I was by myself and they're like oh she's a minor by herself okay I need to take care of her so they would (laughs) always bring me extra snacks and stuff yeah that's a good way to do it (laughs) all right 
Let's see here. My question is, if you could only speak one word tomorrow, what would you say? Um, you can only speak one word. What am I doing tomorrow? Let's see here. I'm working. Um, I would, ooh. I think I would want to say hello um, if I could only speak one word tomorrow just because that's such a good way to you could make someone's day just by looking at them and saying hello because a lot of people they they're either looking down at their phone and they're not saying anything and you're kind of missing the opportunity but who knows who you could meet or who you could see if you just looked up and were just like, hello. And then I work at a school, so I got to say hello to every child and every person that walks through. So that'll yeah. make life a little easier. Um, yeah. but I feel like I would probably say hello. Pretty simple. Um, your final question, pick a number between one and four. Let's do four. Okay. One, oh, that was two. One, two. Three, four. All right. <laughs> for some reason, I'm getting all the child questions for you. Um, what's something you always wanted to do as a child but never got to do? So like an activity or something that you were always like, hey, mommy, I want to do it. Or hey, puppy, let's do it. But you were never able to do it. I remember really wanting a Barbie power, um, like Jeep. Like the ones that the kids fit in? Yes. Oh my God. I never got one, but I always wanted one. <laughs> oh man. That's, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I went to, uh, that reminds me of a funny story. Um, I went to Texas State University in San Marcos and there was a girl on our campus who um she got her car taken away or her her car got into a wreck or something happened and her dad i think bought her one of those barbie jeeps as a joke and she brought it to campus and she drove it around campus to get to her classes and she went like viral like in texas and everything for it because people were like videoing her and taking pictures oh of her gosh. but she legit was she really petite she was she was okay. a petite person okay so it she did fit in it surprise like surprisingly comfortable but yeah she just drove it around campus and i was like that's hilarious that's so crazy like the whoa <laughs> um funny yeah Let's see here. My next question. Let's see. Um, this question was submitted by uh, one of my Instagram followers a while ago, and it's by at body by Ashley A. And it says, what hair care products do you use? Um, I use Garnier Nutrice Curl Nourish okay. shampoo and conditioner and their hair cream thing, I'm a bobber. 
I don't know what it's actually called, but I use that. That's my question. I have a question for you. Uh Have you tried other products? I have actually. So um, years ago, I used Tresemme and then I was using mousse and mousse. I loved the way it was crunchy. And then Mm -hmm. when I started not straightening my hair as much, I stopped using mousse. And then I started finding like hair serums that I could just leave in and they would still have my curls nice and pretty. Um, and then I think a couple years ago, I tried can Cantu Cantu or however you pronounced it. Um, and I did that, but I feel like that one didn't work for me as well as I wanted it. And then I found the Garnier and. Um, I have a friend who has curly hair like you, Mm -hmm. and she loves um, Risto's curls. Risto's curls? Yeah. Have you ever heard that? I have not. I need to write that down. So she's she's a Latina out of LA, and you can find Risto's curls at Target. Okay. She just got into Target. I follow them on Instagram, so (laughs) I'm so excited for Julissa, who was able to get into Target nice okay yeah and target's also like ross and target those are my places yeah so see if they have it i know for a fact they have it in southern california and they were spreading over across the u.s i think major markets like chicago and new york were carrying them i believe but i i think other markets will get them soon but i mean if not i would just check it out online if they don't have it at your local target I will look into that. Reese's Curls, the girls that I know that use it, love it. Nice. Well, I will take that recommendation and I will look into it and see. Because um, that'd be kind of fun to try. Yeah. Tell me how it. Is. I've been wanting to try it only because I have a wave. Like, I don't uh-huh. necessarily have curly hair, but I have a wave. And my wave, when I don't comb my hair. Uh-huh. It really, I mean, it's a crazy wave. So there could be potential to have curly hair. I know. know. If I don't comb it out, yes. (laughs) Yes. I don't comb mine out. Mine just gets like really dry on top and like frizzy afro. And then the ends kind of just shrivel, but stay a little wet. It's a weird look for me. It's. Do you use a diffuser at all? I do not. No, I just wash my hair and then I brush it out of the shower. And then after I brush it, I just scrunch it up and like flip over and keep scrunching it. And that's it. I feel like if I used a diffuser, I'd probably be able to like get more like bigger poofier. I don't know, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'll have to try it. I've definitely been meaning to look for it at my local Target. Mm -hmm. But I also go to LA a lot because I'm originally from there. So if Uh, not, I'll probably buy it and just just try it out. (laughs) Um, Well, that kind of brings us to the end of the podcast. But I did have um, one more question for you, completely irrelevant to like everything we've talked about. But um, kind of because I've been asking everyone, especially during these COVID times, how are you doing or how has like COVID affected you, um, especially like hearing or talking to you and you're not from Texas because I only know like Texas things that are happening. And then I interviewed a, one of my college friends a while ago and she lives in Iowa 
Okay. She was telling me how Iowa was, but how has been like COVID in Arizona and all that stuff? Well, we were one of the states that got hit really hard with COVID. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a little scary at first. I think that I was, um, I would say in March, I had a little bit of anxiety when it first was coming out and the news was constantly giving us numbers. Yeah. I actually decided to not watch the news after that because I could sense that like my anxiety would you know, creep up if I would pay too much attention. So I just decided to stay indoors. I was able to, thankfully, my job allowed me to work from home. So I've been able to do that the last couple months. And, um, but overall, I'm a total extrovert. So I've been really using like the different communities I'm involved with to have Zoom calls. And I really have done that for myself because I know I need it as an extrovert. But um, but I've been good overall. I think that I've been able to escape a little bit. Like I've had little trips mm-hmm. to like LA where I know like my family is safe and has been kind of, you know, not been going out much and staying indoors. And so I feel safe visiting them. Um, I also went to Sedona, which is here in Arizona, just two, two hours north. And I got a, a resort you know, just where I was able to stay for a couple of days, kind of got out. I'm just used to getting out. So I found ways to still do those fun things. Yeah. Um, luckily, I mean, I, I know I told you earlier, but I went to Vegas last week. So that was really fun. But it was interesting because as soon as it was Thursday night, we noticed a shift in Vegas where a ton more people were at the casino a ton of people were around but because we had gotten there on tuesday it was empty the pool was empty everything was empty and i was just like well this is kind of weird because it's vegas and i expected people but i really like this emptiness because that means less covid chances and that really is like you're starting to realize how much you like going to places when they're empty when i like i don't know if anyone else has felt this way but when in the past when i've gone to places and they're empty i'm like is this place even like good because like no one's here yeah it's fine but now you're like oh this is the place to be yeah so i'm really careful because my husband works in the hair in in healthcare, and so he's had to work through the pandemic he's never been off work I actually was furloughed for eight weeks oh my goodness but um but he's been having to work and so I'm really careful with you know just making sure that I stay indoors as much as I can because he's having to go out and we have an asthmatic child so I'm you know careful but not fearful yeah um I think that you know, I, I think that nobody really knows a lot about COVID. It's fairly new. Um, just take as many precautions as you can and try to live as normal as you can. Yeah. Try to, we talk about that. Do you wear that. your mask all the time at work? I do. Um, I, so our school is a nature-based school. So the majority of the day is spent outside for the children Um, and we have children under five. So here under our regulations, they are not required to wear a mask, the children, but as adults, we are 
when we're outside, we don't have to have it on if we're like six feet away from other adults. Um, but when we're inside, they have to be on at all times. And I work inside in the front office. So I'm constantly having it on. Um, and even when I'm going out and about, like I always have it on because I too, I have family members that are immunosuppressed. We have, I have an asthmatic brother and then my mom is immunosuppressed. So as a family, we're all taking precautions because my dad works in the, in healthcare as well. And so we're all just trying to make sure we're doing what we can to make sure our family stays safe Um, because we don't want anything going in and we don't want anything going out. Right. Um, So, yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Um, My, my daughter's school just um, made, allowed us to choose whether or not to send her back or, have her stay the entire the rest of the semester Mm -hmm. at home and so this is the first week where half of the school did go back and um she we we opted out we we can't we're keeping her home but it was really interesting because I got an email today that said um you know you have until the 15th so on Thursday to decide whether or not you are okay with your decision Mm. Um, so I've got two days to think about whether or not we're going <laughs> to keep her at home. And yeah. I, I don't know what to do. I really yeah. don't. I, I don't want to expose her, but I mm. know she needs the social interaction. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's the, that's the thought in, in a lot of parents' minds, because we've had parents who have dropped out because of those fears, because we were never going to go online because our philosophy is nature play, nature based. And we know how much the children need that time to be outdoors, especially Mm -hmm. we were closed for about a month and a half back when it all started and running a nature school and conducting the nature school online is so hard, especially when it really relies on the parent doing the activities like all we could do were just give them the activities and how to do them at home and that was very hard for the parents to do so once we were allowed to open back up under specific regulations to keep everyone safe um, we just noticed in the kids as soon as like no kid cried when we got them out of the car they were already out of their car seats ready to come and play ready to come and learn Um, so seeing that is kind of where we're just like, the kids need this. And I feel like that's for any age group really as well. Like, especially after being cooped up for so long, like you do need it, but there is that fear, especially when you have family members to think about, like, it's very, I forgot the word I'm looking for, but it makes sense that there is that fear there. Yeah. I have to think about it. Um. I think that's everything now. Um, Thank you for sharing. Thank you for joining. Do you have anything you would like to shout out or any final messages to the listeners? Yeah, I just want to invite you to, you know, listen to the All Things Money podcast. Um, I just launched a few weeks ago, so there's only a couple episodes um, posted. And so I just, you know, come over and learn. Um, you know, some money tips and I hope you, um, can follow along. Yeah. And I will have her website and her social media all linked in the 
oh, my elbow, <laughs> all linked in the podcast description. So you guys can go check her out. You guys can go follow her. Y'all can sign up to learn more about money with Myra. But again, thank you so much for joining. Um, this was a fun little chat we had. Well, I guess maybe not little. Um, it was <laughs> it was fun to finally chat because we did have some issues at the beginning, but we worked through them. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but again, yes, thank you. Um, thank you guys for listening to this episode. I uh, will talk to y'all on the next one, and then y'all can follow me with everything on the links in the description and. I mean, my final thing is just make sure you get out and vote. I've been very vocal on social media about voting, how important it is, voting like your life depends on it because it does. Um, Today, Texas just started early voting. Today is Tuesday, October 13th. Um, Texas early voting just started. So I went and voted today. I was like, I'm doing it the first day, first chance we get. And so I am encouraging everyone who's listening, if you are of age, to go vote and check out when you can vote and where you can vote because it is so important. Um, But other than that, that is it for this episode. And I will talk to y'all on the next one. Bye. Bye.